So let's just keep the perspective here. So hopefully this will be a dick in handsless episode of the ABXY cast. I think we just found our title. Welcome to the ABXY cast. This week, we are a little matless. Joining me, just Donald this week. Yeah, yeah, you make a sign. such a bad thing. No, 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 it's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Uh, so Matt is away on work. He is being an adult while the rest of us are jo- goofing off here uh, and, and talking about video games. But this is the second time we're recording as just you and me. Only this time, my microphone is plugged in and it is recording. I was going to say, fingers crossed, no technical glitches, <laughs> no peeing in bottles, no needing to go to the bathroom. Let's just get through this. Let's, let's, yeah, let's do just, it. Let's just blast it all over the podcast and I pissed in a bottle in the middle of our recording. You did. You pissed in the bottle. So <laughs> this, is, this is the great thing about having an episode that never airs, is that you can reference it and nobody knows what you're talking about because nobody ever heard it. But I did. I was there for this didn't hear nightmare it. of experience because you muted your microphone. Exactly. To be fair. But I was there for this nightmare of experience where I get a text message and a Google Docs notification and a Discord notification. I need to pee. And then, fine, like, we, we figured out a spot. There was a good spot in the conversation. I was just like, all right, let's break, go to the bathroom. And he's just like, I already did. <laughs> Which means there was a portion of my life where I was talking about video games and important hobby stuff, and you had your dick in your hands. <laughs> So let's just keep the perspective here. So hopefully this will be a dick in handsless episode of the ABXY cast. I think we just found our title. Yes. Although I don't think that's going to pass the Apple podcast censors. So it's going to be more like dick or D star star K. Yeah. Handsless episode of... It's a dickless episode. That's what we're going for here. Oh, man. Um, it has been a boring-ass two weeks in terms of news. Like, So anyone who follows us on social media knows that we delayed the recording of this episode um, for a variety of reasons. But the biggest reason was just a lack of content to talk about. Literally, we had two stories... Um, at the end of the last week, uh, before we would go to record, um, and that was it. And there was a lot of other things to talk about in terms of uh, the Bioware and Anthem stuff, which really kind of resolved itself over the last week. There's been reports of of Bioware addressing some of the uh, of the worker condition issues and all of that. So we're really not going to jump into that too much. Um, but yeah, no, I just. Even even tonight, sitting here, ready to record, we have one, two, three, well, actually one, two, three, four, five, six stories, and that's it. And then there's like a little non-video game related thing we're going to jump into in a second, but it's been a boring week or two. It has. It's like, to, I feel like Endgame has sucked all of the air 
out of the entertainment industry not just movies but tv shows and video games and music and everything just it's all <laughs> avengers all the time and, and and to that is a perfect segue into the last two weeks may have been a drought of news in terms of video games but hollywood decided to just ejaculate trailers out of nowhere and just be like by I love the way your terminology yeah it, I mean, <laughs> but that's really what it is it was just one trailer after the other after the other after the other there was dora the explorer there was you know uh Star Wars, there was The Lion King, Joker, and of course the Endgame tickets went on sale. Hollywood just has been like, <laughs> nothing's coming out right now. Let's let's go for it. Right. And yeah. um, pretty I guess, excited for the upcomings. Yeah, no, this. If it weren't for AMC A list, I would have gone broke by the end of the year just in <laughs> sheer volume of films that I have to see and it feels like every day there's a new movie coming out that I just have to go see um, but the closest one the one that is on everybody's mind the one that broke the internet for hours is of course Avengers Endgame which is breaking pre-sales records left and right like it is I think sold almost as many tickets in China, not in the United States. I don't know what the numbers are here, but in China it sold almost as many tickets in less than a week that as Infinity War sold in the entire lead up to it coming out. Damn. Which is huge. <clears throat> See, that's how you leave the perfect cliffhanger. Yeah, I mean, gotta say, you know, you snap your fingers and all these people go and get dusted and now... Everybody wants to go see this movie, you know, and, and it was weird is I think it's not just people who saw Infinity War and have been following the MCU for the past 10 years. I think it's also just like general people who don't go to the movies who are like, what in the fuck is all of this hype about? <laughs> like, what in the world? This can't really be that great. And then they went and saw Infinity War and even like my dad not a huge MCU fan. He he likes some of the movies, he doesn't like the other ones. He thought Infinity War was one of the worst movies he's ever seen what? because yeah, I know. Because of the ending. The ending was, you know, a cliffhanger. But even him, he's like, so I hear this Endgame is just blowing up the records. And I'm like, yeah, it's 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 doing really really well. And I think that you're seeing this kind of from people who aren't really into superhero movies, just being like, okay, I, I kind of want to check this out and see what it's all about. Not to mention, Infinity War is right now on Netflix. Yes, and if you uh, want to watch Infinity War without buying it or subscribing to Disney streaming service, now's the time to take advantage of the fact that it is still on Netflix. Um, and several other Marvel movies, Thor, Ragnarok, Black Panther. Yeah, because, I mean, they won't be on there much longer. And once they go away, you'll have to pay 7 bucks a month for the new Disney Plus subscription service, which launches in November, if you want to be able to uh, to watch them, if you don't own them on uh, another service. But um, box office nerds have been speculating that this could be the first movie in history to open above $300 million in the United States and Canada by itself. 
Um, which whenever you see an opening, uh, like, think back just three and a half years to when The Force Awakens came out. Up until that point, only two movies had opened above $200 million, and that was uh, Avengers and Jurassic World. Um, and domestic openings includes both the, Nor- the United States and Canada. It's a North American market. Um, Force Awakens comes out, blows it up $248 million. Last year, Infinity War breaks that record $255 million. Um, this is the first movie that there's some serious consideration that this could open in three days in the United States and Canada to $300 million. Wouldn't surprise just me one bit. One weekend. That is insane. That is a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. Like, to put it in perspective, only three of the eight Harry Potter films um, in the original Harry Potter series, not the Fantastic Beasts, I didn't have a chance to look at those, but only three of the eight Harry Potter films opened, uh, earned more than $300 million in their entire span of being in the movie theater in the U.S. and Canada, and only two of them substantially more. One of the ones that broke 300 got to 301, uh, which could conceivably be less than what this movie opens up with. And not only that, this movie's opening in every market except Russia at the same time. And so there's a possibility that this movie could make, in one weekend, a billion dollars. That would be impressive. It, I mean, that is just insane. To make more money than most movies make globally in <laughs> one weekend globally is a huge deal. And, I mean... I'm excited. I got. I have tickets. I have two nights worth of tickets. I'm probably going to get another night's worth of tickets. Um, I know we're going to see it the yep. Saturday it comes out. I'm going to see it opening night at 10 p.m. I am. I'm super stoked. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I cannot wait. It is. It's going to be. Um, it's going to be fun to watch both as a film to see what happens, but it's going to be super fun to watch, you know, the box office on this. Like, that, that's just huge. But Endgame and its trailer and its pre-sales breaking the internet, that is actually literally so last week. Um, because this week, you know, Disney decided, hey, <clears throat> Warner Brothers dropped a, jo- a Joker trailer at the end of last week, which we'll talk about in a minute. But we don't want that to be the conversation right now. We want the conversation to be Endgame, and we want the conversation to be Star Wars. And just out of nowhere, we knew that they were having Star Wars Celebration in Chicago this weekend. We knew that there would be a panel on Episode Nine. There was a a general kind of feeling that there would be a trailer or a teaser launched. And we got one out of nowhere, and oh my god... Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> like literally was the only thing coming out of my mouth when I was I watching know. it. <laughs> it was a good fucking trailer. 
It was a great trailer. And granted, it's just a teaser. It doesn't give away anything, which I like. Um, I, I kind of like going into these movies not knowing anything about what's going to actually happen. Um, I just want something to hype me up a little bit when I go into it. Now, Episode Nine is, is coming in an interesting place. So the, the Last Jedi, I loved The Last Jedi. It is, yeah. to me, the second or third best Star Wars movie. And I say second or third because when I wa- basically what happens is when I watch The Last Jedi, I think it's the second best Star Wars movie behind Empire. And then I'll watch Rogue One, and I'll think Rogue One is the second best Star Wars movie after Empire. And then I'll watch The Last Jedi again, I'll be like, no, 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 I think it's The Last Jedi. And I can't really make, make up my mind between the two of them which one is the best right. of those two movies. But I am not one of the people who thinks The Last Jedi is a terrible, terrible movie. Does it have its flaws? Yes. yes. I think the whole Canto Bite scene, the whole being on the casino planet was just a waste of time. Um, but this movie has to, episode nine has to deal with the fact that, hey, a lot of people didn't like The Last Jedi. And, you know, you're going to have to not only get people like me who liked it, and are going to go see Rise of the Skywalker regardless, um, or the Rise of Skywalker. I, I can I always get the thes moved around. Um, Rise of the Skywalker. I'm looking at it right here. Yeah, people that, like that's me are, something that interests me though. Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah, what does that mean? It means well, supposedly her parents left her on a, on that planet, and. The only thing I can think of is that Luke really was her father. Well, I, but, there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation about what that title could mean. Um, but I mean, I think that's what everybody wants is for well, her to be Luke's daughter. I think because um, Kylo is a Skywalker because he's Leia's son. Yeah. Well, and I so. think it's important to remember that the, the the prequel trilogy was about Anakin. Right. It was about the rise of Darth Vader. The original trilogy, as much as we want to say the original trilogy was about Luke, it was just as much about, about Darth Vader. Vader. But how he came to back to his good side at the very end. Yeah. And how, you know, the idea that there's there's good in everyone and the good is not always gone. Um and we're all flawed and we all are complex. You know, the interesting thing would be is this trilogy just as much about Rey as it is about Kylo. And maybe Rise of Skywalker is Kylo coming back to the light. Now, I personally think that while that seems like the most obvious choice, I think it's the least interesting choice. I would love to see Star Wars go full-on, your villain is bad. Right. And there is nothing you can do to fix them. Because... I mean, I mean, towards the end of um, The Last Jedi, he definitely turns. And in the trailer to Rise of the Skywalker, you see him modifying his helmet. Yes. And I mean, and I was rooting for, for Rey to go bad in The Last Jedi. I mean, it didn't happen, and it made sense in context that it didn't happen. But I was really hoping for this kind of interesting take on the protagonist of your series becoming evil and having to deal with that, um, almost kind of like a TV show esque um, twist, and I and I sometimes feel that Star Wars would have made an even better like modern 
HBO Disney Plus TV show than it does movies. Um, but another possibility, you know, so there's the possibility that Rey is li- is Luke's daughter, um, and that's what Rise of the Skywalker is, um, uh, or the Rise. Of, I, I, can't, I keep getting it fucked up. it's the rise of Skywalker and I'm going to keep this up on my screen so that I don't mess it up again. (laughs) Um, And so there's that possibility. There's the possibility that maybe this whole trilogy has been about Kylo who is half Skywalker. Um, There's also the possibility that Skywalker, you know, is no longer a, a family name. That is, it is instead a title that maybe Rey chooses to embrace because remember, in the in the original trilogy, Luke Skywalker was a symbol of the Resistance. He was a symbol of the Jedi, and he's a legend in the timeline of the new movies. He's a legend, the Skywalker legend, right? And this is right. called the Skywalker Saga. So maybe Rey isn't a Skywalker. Maybe Kylo wasn't lying when he said that her parents were nobodies, um, and maybe he was. I personally still think that. He was possibly lying. If J.J. Abrams wanted to retcon it, it would be very easy to change that he was just lying to Ray, and it would make sense. He was trying to get her emotional, and, and she's been hunting for who her parents are and trying to figure out where she comes from. Right. But um, maybe she uh, takes the mantle of Skywalker to become that symbol of the Resistance um, that she needs to be to, to, to win against the First Order. Um there's another theory I read that maybe Ray is the daughter of Palpatine, who is coming back. Which people in this movie. say you can hear him laughing at the end. Not only can you hear him laughing, but the Wikipedia page has been updated, and he was at Star Wars Celebration. Palpatine is in this movie in some form. Palpatine oh. will be in the final movie, and I am super excited about Palpatine returning. So... Palpatine easily my favorite favorite part. Of the of the prequel trilogy, was so I think they're going to go all from. out on this last movie. Yeah, absolutely. And it comes out on Christmas. It yeah, it comes out December. Uh, I believe it's December twentieth, just just before Christmas. Um, very much like the Force Awakens, uh, which came out just before Christmas. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think that this is going to be a huge movie. I don't think it's going to be Endgame huge. And the reason I say that is because I think that there are enough people who disliked The Last Jedi um, to hurt this movie in terms of not reaching Force Awakens levels. Um, I do think it'll probably do a little bit better than The Last Jedi, box office-wise, just because it is the finale. And they're hammering that home. This is the end of of the Skywalker saga. After this, there's not going to be an episode 10 or an episode 11. This is it. This is right. It's this done. is the said and done motion. This is this is Star Wars as you know it. This is the end of it. You know we're gonna go and and they're they're gonna do more stuff. They're doing the Mandalorian on on the streaming service. Um, there's the, Disney hasn't outright stated that they've canceled the Obi Wan movie and the Boba Fett movie, which they're supposedly developing. Um, the develop the creators of the ga- of Game of Thrones are working on a trilogy. Rian Johnson, the director of The Last Jedi, is working on a trilogy that is set in the expanded universe of. Um, of Star Wars, so this isn't the last Star Wars movie, and they are taking, but they are taking a break, and this is the end of not only the Star Wars uh, 
sequel trilogy, but it's the end of the Star Wars film franchise in terms of the main Skywalker saga. And I mean, it's that's that alone's going that's going to put butts in seats. Yeah. People are going to go see it. And I mean, I have se- I saw The Force Awakens like five times. I saw The Last Jedi five times. I saw Infinity War five times. I'm probably going to see Endgame five times, and I'm probably going to see this movie five times. Thank you, AMC A-List. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got to agree with you on that one, man. I fucking love the A-List. I mean, 20 bucks a month, you get three tickets a week. Yeah. For any time, you can um, reserve seat for any show time, for any type of showing. It's mm-hmm. you, you can't pass it. You can't beat it. The only the only complaint I have about AMC A list, and this is a complaint that I've made since I subscribed, which is that I find it it makes sense business wise, but I think it's a little stupid that if I reserve a ticket in advance, say for May twentieth, maybe I'm I'm gonna go see Aladdin, I reserve my ticket in advance. That ticket not only counts as one of my three movies for the week that I reserve the ticket. But it counts as one of my three movies for the week when the movie comes out. Wait, seriously? And yes. And that's my only complaint about the whole service. Now, it makes sense um, because you technically are buying a ticket when you reserve a seat. And then you're technically seeing a movie when you go and see the movie. But I do feel that you those three reservations, if they're out in advance, they should count for the week that you're reserving for and not for the right. week that you're reserving in um, when you're actually reserving the movie. But it's it's a small complaint because the reality is three movies a week is a lot. you know. And, and from a financial perspective, if you see just two movies a month, you're breaking even right. on your $20 a month. So it especially if you see in, in premium format like me, I see an IMAX and Dolby Cinema almost exclusively. So, so for me, I mean – two movies is enough to break even every single month. Um, but it definitely is one of those kind of like, Ooh, that's a, that's a business move. And I wish that it wasn't that way, but it is. <laughs> um, but as if though, again, if, if Endgame wasn't enough and star Wars episode nine wasn't enough. And, and this next trailer dropped between them. Disney is asserting itself as the dominatrix of my wallet. <laughs> and the Lion King trailer dropped. Now, this trailer, interestingly enough, very quickly became, I think, the seventh most viewed trailer in the first 24 hours. But it wasn't as universally kind of accepted as the other two. Now, I cried watching the Lion King trailer. Um, a combination of the... The, the much more epic orchestral Can You Feel the Love Tonight on top of the trailer combined with just the awe-inspiring visuals and the fact that it ends with Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> you know, it was an emotional trailer. The Lion King is easily top three animated films for me. Um, Aladdin's number one, in case you're wondering, but Lion King is easily top three. I can't wait um, for Aladdin. I really can't wait for Dumbo. Dumbo's out. You can go see Dumbo right now. No, I um, can't. Not right now. Well, I mean, you can see it whenever you want. <laughs> you have a list. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> technically, there's no reason you can't go see it. You're you just right. have to be willing to go see a family movie by yourself, which 
as someone who went and saw as a as an adult male who went and saw into the woods by himself in the middle of the day um, it's uncomfortable but as long as you're not a pedophile you'd be fine you'll get stares yeah well pedophile pedophile whatever no it's Um, not it's not tomato tomato you gotta get it right as long as you're not a pedophile. <laughs> as long as you're not a pedophile. I mean, you'll get a lot of stares from, like, you know, single white mothers with the can I speak to your manager haircuts uh, who take their three- and four-year-olds to see matinees on a Tuesday. Like, you'll, you'll get stares from them, but you're not, but for the most part, you're going to be able to enjoy the movie. I haven't seen Dumbo yet. I really want to go see it. I'm probably going to go see it later this week. Um, but... Uh, that and Shazam, which I still haven't seen yet. I'm not sure um, how I feel about Shazam. I don't think I'm gonna watch it. It uh, apparently it's really good, so I'm gonna go see it. But I haven't seen it yet, and I'm usually normally big on seeing movies when they first come out. But Shazam came out at a really bad time. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the Lion King. Um, this is another movie I think is gonna make a shitload of money, just off of nostalgia alone. Like people love the Lion King, you know. Right, I, I know I do. Again, oh, as I, I said, do. It's down, top three, hands down, one of my favorite Disney movies. Yeah, um, I'm a little, I'm still a little sour that "Be Prepared" is not going to be one of the songs. Um, "Be Prepared" is easily one of my favorite Disney villain songs. Really, um, where uh, Scar sings to the hyenas? Yeah. Be prepared for the chance of a lifetime. Be prepared for sensational news. A shining new era is tiptoeing nearer. It's a a really good song. And I'm a little sour that it's not going to be in the movie. But, you know, let's see. I really like The Jungle Book. Um, It's the same director. It's the same visual effects team. It looks amazing. Yeah, Um, yeah, it does. Which I and and I will say this, I think that its looks may play against it a little bit because it looks so real that there's very little emotion conveyed on the faces of the characters. And the Lion King, for all of its uh, it's a lion and its you know animals, they were very expressive in the in the original animated film. So I don't know if that'll play against it a little bit, but I'm I'm super excited for it. And um, but again, it's just another example of Disney owning the Cineplex this year. Yeah, like Captain Marvel, Dumbo. Uh, there's Endgame. There's Aladdin, Toy Story Four, The Lion King, Spider-Man: Far From Home isn't technically Disney, but it's a part of the MCU. So Disney, you know, Disney doesn't make any money off of it, but they certainly are deeply involved with it. Right. Um, Artemis Fowl, which is one of my favorite books from when I was a kid. Ooh, I loved Artemis Fowl. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. Um, Star Wars Episode Nine, Frozen 2, which the first teaser for that was very interesting looking and not at all what I expected. Right, her trying um, to freeze the uh, ocean. Yeah, trying to freeze the ocean and it very much felt like a superhero movie in, in a lot of ways. But and, and as if that wasn't enough, Disney decided to move Maleficent from May of 2020 to October of 20 
19. So it is coming out this year. Wait, they redid Maleficent? No, they didn't redo Maleficent. It's a sequel. Now, I'm not the biggest Maleficent fan. I I liked huh. Angelina Jolie's portrayal of Maleficent. And I and I bought into the woman scorned angle. I thought that that was a really interesting take on the character. I didn't like how at the end Maleficent was portrayed as this good person. Right. Um, Maleficent in the original Beauty, uh, uh, the original Sleeping Beauty, was like definitive Disney evil. In Kingdom Hearts, she is definitive Disney evil. Oh, like, she's it, evil in Kingdom Hearts. Like she is a <laughs> cold-hearted, stone-cold bitch. Like, <laughs> she, and and I love that about Maleficent. Like that is the she's one of my favorite Disney villains. Um, but the new movie comes out in October. It's called Maleficent: Mistress of Evil. So hopefully, um, they're going full on on that evil shtick. At least so much that they can for a PG kind of family film. Right. Um, but I, I'm 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 as much as I was a mixed person in terms of uh, the original Maleficent, I'm kind of digging. I really dug Angelina Jolie's portrayal, so I'm excited to see the next Maleficent film. But it's I'm I was you know originally had to wait until May next year, but nope, not anymore. Yeah, we're gonna have <laughs> a great year this year. Again. So many movies, if it weren't for that A-list, I would be so broke. (laughs) So, 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 so broke. Um, And then, like, video games on top of that. There's Days Gone comes out, I think, next week. Um, The preview, the early access for Dreams comes out next week. Um, And then later this year, uh, the rumors are really hardcore that Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima are coming out this year. Um, Halo uh, Master Chief Collection on PC, uh, Borderlands 3. No, I won't lie, uh, the, the um, trailer to The Last of Us Part 2 that you showed me was pretty badass. I mean, I'm excited. But then again, Sony at this point has proven themselves in terms of their first party titles of having a firm grip on not only fun games, but just fucking solid experiences that I'll buy anything <laughs> that they make at this point you know and I and I won't and I won't second guess it like I'll just go out and buy it and know that I'm going to get a a good gaming experience out of it um you know Spider-Man was great um God of War is great uh I mean Horizon is 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 amazing it, it's just so many like there's there's a point at which you know a couple good games in a row is is luck, but when you've had the string of just knockout success, right? In terms of quality, not even like in terms of sales and 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 all that stuff, but in terms of critical and and gamer reception of just being a great game, to have this the string of games that Sony has had over the last five years, it's just an un remarkable and and probably uncontestable. I don't think you'll ever see even from Sony. I don't think you'll ever see a string of high quality releases from one publishing arm ever again. Right. Like this was just a confluence of we fucked up the PS3. We really need people to buy the PS4 and the best way to get them to do it is to undercut the the opposition and also release kick-ass fucking games. And Which they've the whole been doing industry really good at. Yeah, and the whole industry is focused on games as a service and multiplayer. Let's focus on 
these really enriching, deep single-player experiences. And, I mean, it's it's working. It's fucking working. So, keep it up. Um, now, before we get into the video game news, there's one more trailer, and that's Joker. Now, Donald, you are really interested in this movie. You like the trailer. I am, because like, it, a lot of people want to know where the Joker came from. And I yeah. feel like this trailer kind of shows you that as a person he's a simple minded person mm-hmm. who actually experiences a traumatic mental break yeah and it portrays the whole thing and I think that it's going to show us some more understanding of the Joker's mindset and how he came to be where he's at yeah now I'll say I'm really excited about the Joker um, I'm not a big clowns person but the Joker is one of the few exceptions I make to the idea of clowns. Um, this movie is reportedly a hard R um, in terms of rating. Um, now, anyone who follows movies knows the difference between a soft R and a hard R. Um, but basically, hard R means like this is not for kids. For kids. Um, I am excited to see what a darker interpretation of the Joker could be. But the trailer, to me, it was good in the sense that it, in, it piqued my interest. But the overall tone of the trailer was very happy and very... Which I'm okay with. Again, it piqued my interest. But it just didn't, it didn't hit me in a way that I was like, holy shit. Oh, how did you find it happy? I mean... Well, it, again, it was a it was a very mismatched tone. He gets and it smacked just, it, in the face by his fucking billboard. It it was a trailer. It just felt weird as a trailer. It 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 didn't really sell me on the movie so much as it sold me on the fact that the Joker is a very complicated juxtaposition of a character in terms of his mental state as a depressed, very somber individual who has this exuberant, happy you know, portrayal. And the trailer did a good job of capturing that feeling of inner depression, external kind of jubilation. But it was just so off-putting in a non, like, this is a really interesting movie kind of way, and more like, <laughs> this feels this feels like a indie film that's trying to make a statement. I just don't think it was a good trailer. I think that given more time and given a better trailer I might have been more interested Yeah, I'm still interested I'm still going to go see it um, but it is definitely a case of currently based on the first trailer if I didn't have A-list I probably wouldn't go see it yeah yeah I can see that um, so let's move out of the movies Let's get back into the living room, back on the couch, back with a controller in our hands. Yeah, let's you get can back stop to video games. Now, people, wake up, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would hope. I, I mean, personally, when we started this podcast, I mean, the name of it is clear. This is a video game podcast, but I don't think that video games exist in an in an isolated environment. I think that movies and and, and other forms of entertainment are just as interesting and important exactly. and it's fun. Exactly. It's a form of entertainment. That's how... Exactly. And, and there's weeks like this that are going to happen where we don't have 
a lot of video game news to talk about, but we still want to come and get together and talk about stuff. And that might mean we have to talk about movies and and other things, and that's fine by me. No, you're I mean, right. shit. There was a there's a reason there wasn't a what are you playing segment at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> I haven't been playing shit, guys. I've been watching Sabrina and Stranger Things and ooh, Game of Thrones ooh. and I've actually you know, been playing games, but I've also been watching TV shows too, like Sabrina. But um, I've been rewatching a couple of my animes that I've been missing out on, and I'm yeah. so happy I did. Yeah, I just found what? out. Episode one of season two for One Punch Man is out. Oh, nice, nice. I know. I just before we started recording, I watched the first episode of the new season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> not not to date the recording, anybody. Uh, but um, <laughs> but yeah, no. I just got done watching it, and I am so fucking hyped for this final season. I mean, but th- I mean that's what I've been doing. Like this, I want to play video games, but there's sometimes where I just you know. It's, it's a week between my play sessions. Like, I'm just like, you know what? There's other stuff I want to do. There's some other entertainment I want to consume. And, and this is this is what I decided to put my time into this. I've week. actually been playing a few games. There's this game on my phone that I've still, I'm stuck on. It's called Darkness Rises. I'm still playing that game. Uh, there's a few games on my Xbox I've been playing. I've been playing Brawlhalla, Hydro Thunder. Been getting back into Final Fantasy 15. Played a few games on my computer. Age of Empires 2. Oh, uh, that's a good one. I love that's a good one. love Age of Empires 2. I cannot get enough of that game. Interesting question. Um, so the ESRB apparently just rated uh, the other day um, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. Um, I don't know about you. I'm excited about more Age of Empires, but are you going to stick with the HD version, or are you going to go over to the Definitive Edition, which is basically just going to be kind of a remaster of the original game? Um, I don't see anything wrong with the HD edition. Yeah, neither do I. Neither do I. So I don't see why I don't... we would need... They just want to make more money. That's all it is. Well, I, th- I think it's more that... The HD edition is it's it's the original game with modifications to make it work on higher resolution screens, and it has its own expansions. I think the definitive edition is going to be the HD edition, but like totally remastered with higher resolution assets and well, and all that. I'll have but to I don't watch think it's necessary. I have to watch a few people play it. I mean, technically. It's it's just been rated. It hasn't been officially re- like it, we. It's been officially announced in the sense that Microsoft came out and said we're releasing a definitive edition of AOE one, AOE two, AOE three, and then after we've done that, we're releasing AOE four, um, which I'm personally really excited for. Uh, but it's because I love strategy games. If oh, you yeah. can sit me in front of a computer, I could literally, if I had the choice of playing right now, like. Just in the, in this exact moment, if I had the choice between playing more Division and firing up Civ, I would totally fire up Civ and just stare at this, you know, oh, no, giant you hexagonal even, screen. You don't even have to tell me that because from you telling me that you bought Civ Six, how many times? It's twice. Yeah, not that much. I just bought so it. I bought it on it PC. Everywhere. 
Yeah, I bought it on PC, and I bought the expansions, and I bought some of the DLC civs. I haven't bought all of them. Um, and then I bought Civ on my iPad, where I haven't bought any DLC for that version. Um, just because I want to be able to play Civilization everywhere I go. You oh, know, but that, that, that is, is definitely true. <laughs> but the thing, Civilization is is just such a good game. Like, well, I mean, I can't it, say anything because I've done that to several games. Like, on my computer, I have an emulator downloaded just so I can play Legend of Dragoon. I have Final yeah. Fantasy IX bought and downloaded on my phone because it's such a great game. Yeah. So I'm telling you right now, um, you're getting Civ, and and I'm gonna get you addicted to this one more turn mentality. Well, my birthday's right around the corner, so let's go. It is so that that's your birthday present. You know in advance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> surprise! Yay! <laughs> um, but now that we're going to get back into the world of video games, um, the biggest announcement of the last two weeks in terms of video games, other than what happened literally yesterday or the day before yesterday, um, is Borderlands Three is coming out in September of this year. Now. I said in the last episode, I don't know what I would do if this game was an Epic Game Store exclusive. And if <laughs> if the devil wasn't listening and decided to test me on this, it would be exclusive <laughs> to the Epic Game Store for seven whole months. Six months. From September. It's a six month exclusivity. It's a six month exclusivity, but it's from September to April, which if you count the months is seven. Um, but so, with the drop dates, it's six. Randy Pitchford can suck my mathematical dick. <laughs> it's seven months. September, October. So, so September, October is one. October, November is two. November, December is three. December to January is four. January, February is March is five. March to uh, February to March I'm is on. six. And March to April is seven. It's seven months. It's not six. It's seven. Because you're so counting I, the months. You're not counting the actual day it drops. Regardless, seven calendar months. I'll get even more specific so you can't argue with me. <laughs> <laughs> seven calendar months of exclusivity. Um, <laughs> it breaks my soul. It breaks my heart. Because I am so excited for Borderlands 3. I want to play this game so much and I do not believe I will be able to bring myself to buy the game on the Epic Store. I just hey, don't think I'm going like to be able me to do and it. just buy it on your Xbox. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. No. I won't even buy it on my PlayStation and I have a PlayStation. I'm but I'm not going to buy it on that because it's a first-person shooter for for one and and I don't buy Outside of exclusive first-person shooters, I'm not buying a first-person shooter on a console. Um, it is not bad. It is awful. Once you've gotten used to playing with a mouse and keyboard, I'm sorry. I, Once you've gotten used I, to playing with a mouse and keyboard, it's awful. I, am, I will, I will I say transitionally... On a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, transitionally, it's 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 easy. If you, if you have been playing first-person shooters on a controller for a long time... The first couple months that you transition over to PC, you will 
still think that playing on a controller is easier and better. But then once you've played first-person shooters, like I, I did the cold turkey thing. When I got my PC for the first time, every first-person shooter I bought on PC. And I didn't buy them on console. I didn't play them on console. I just played them on PC. And the end result was when I would go to play first-person shooters on my PlayStation or on my Xbox, it was a nightmare like it, and it's not that if I if I had played it I would have gotten used to it and I would have gotten back into the swing like this is how I always played games but it was a nightmare it was it was not as precise it was not as I wasn't as good as I am with the mouse and keyboard but you know I'm going to be buying this game on PC but then at the same time like does buying this game mean that I'm supporting the Epic Game Store either way whether I wait for it and then I proved to Gearbox and 2K that if they if they release a game on Epic and they have a short exclusivity window, three to six months, people will still buy the game yeah. afterwards. So there's no reason to worry about that short-term exclusivity. I don't know how I feel about it, though. This is, it's bullshit. They're trying to be more than what they are. Yeah. That's how I, I mean, feel. I, I'll, I will agree with one point. Which is that Steam needs competition. Origin doesn't count, you know. Yeah, maybe if, you, if, Steam, if Valve has a little more competition, they'll you know up their performance and everything. Like they'll try and do a better job. Yeah, they'll do a better job. I will and, admit and to, to me, that. Yeah, and and I so I do think that 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 competition is necessary. The problem is is that it's not competition when you are paying games and developers and publishers money to have that game be exclusive on your platform for a short period of time. It's not it's not competition, it's bribery. Yep. And, you know, there's a reason that people download Origin and it's because they want to play EA games. There's a reason people download uh, Battle.net because they want to play Blizzard games. There's a reason people download Uplay because they have to to play Ubisoft games. <laughs> um, even though they can buy Ubisoft games on other stores, you still have to download Uplay. Um GOG is perhaps the only viable alternative to Steam, but the problem with GOG for developers is that GOG is DRM free. There's no you can't have any form of digital rights management on GOG, which means you can't require your game be downloaded through the GOG Galaxy client. You have to provide an executable that people can download and they can put on a flash drive or a hard drive and save in case the internet goes bunk and we live in a nuclear winter. You can still n- install that game and play it. Huh. And that's great as a gamer. And it's why I love GOG Connect so much because it basically they have partnerships with developers and publishers that if you own a game on Steam you can access it on GOG and get access to that executable file, but not every developer is going to want to do that. It's actually pretty um, nice. Yeah, and you lose a lot of the social functionality in terms of like Steam friends lists and all of that stuff. So there's there's trade offs. So it's a co- it's a competitor, but not quite a competitor. It exists more as a complementary platform. Epic Game Store had the potential to be a competitive platform, but instead they chose to bribe developers and bribe publishers to release their games exclusively for a year or six months or however long and it's just a bunch of bogus it's money 
It's what it is. It's well, I mean, it's, it's like these freaking um, celebrities. They can, they can buy their kids' way into the Ivy League schools. I mean, Epic Games like, hey, here's this much money. You bring this game on the, our, our system only. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like how it's how is that satisfying? Knowing that well, you had to buy. Yeah. For that, it's 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 a matter of just like I get you want to provide a competitive platform, but and and I mean I also want to just aside, sweet, 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 hot topics, pop culture current events segue there with the buying people into college. Just, mm, I love it. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Big deal. Big current events story. Um, We're on top of our shit here at the ABXY cast. We don't, we don't live in a bubble. We know what's going on in the real world. Um, But no, I mean, you're right. Like they're doing this for their own betterment and they're doing it for greed and for all these other reasons not competitiveness. If you wanted to be competitive, you would provide a platform that was feature complete, that had the same features or better features than Steam, that was providing developers and consumers with a with a better way. And instead you have a platform that's providing developers and publishers with a better way, with a with a lower cut of the revenue going to Epic, with these bribery campaigns to get these games exclusively available on the platform for 6 months or 12 months or forever or whatever. But then Gamers, you're not getting a better platform. You're getting a platform that's more cumbersome, that's harder to use, that's less intuitive, that has less features, is less consumer-friendly. It's just not a good trade-off. It's not competition to Steam if Steam is still a better platform for the consumer. And that's the difference between a company like Valve that is 100% privately owned and you and they don't have to answer to shareholders and a company like Epic, which is publicly traded in a way, but has to answer to a 40% Chinese stake. Like Tencent owns 40% of Epic Games. Like it's majority owned or plurality owned by a Chinese company. It's not like decision-making owned by a Chinese company. But, I mean, there's a value difference there, and they're not providing a, a good alternative platform. They're providing a platform that has the potential to be good and has the potential to be a competitor, but in the current moment, in the current time, it's not. Right. And um, and what really sucks is that, and this ties into our next story, is that people in the game development industry are defending this platform precisely because it lines their own damn pockets. Yeah. They get a bigger cut of the game sales. They don't have to worry. They know that when they release these games on Steam after 6 or 12 months that people are going to lap them up anyway because they want to play their games. But the thing is, is a game like Borderlands, this is a game that is a multiplayer experience first and foremost. Yes, you can play it by yourself, but if you're playing it by yourself, you're playing it wrong. Right. Like... For the CEO of Gearbox, Randy Pitchford, to defend Epic Game Store and its practices and to say that in five to ten years Steam's going to be a dying marketplace and all these things, it's just such a disconnected, unrelatable position. It's an out-of-touch position, and it sounds to me more like somebody trying to convince themselves that we're making the right decision, releasing your game exclusively on the Epic Game Store, right. than rather trying to get me 
to believe that it's the right decision and to attack valve and call them slow and cumbersome like yes valve time is a thing valve can't count to three there's a lot of internet jokes about valve but at the end of the day steam is a platform that if the game is available on steam i'm buying it on steam end of discussion because then all of my games are in one place (laughs) and if you want me to go out and buy games on another platform which i will do you have to convince me that it's worth my time and my money. And telling me that Epic Games Store is just better for developers and in five years you'll just get it. Like, no. Convince me now that yeah, it's the like, right choice. Well, well, this is, <laughs> sounds like um, Google Stadia all over again. You will yeah. get it. Don't worry. We know better. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. I'm the consumer... I know what I want. Now, I will be the first to admit that there are times in technology where I don't know what I want, and I want a company to show me. There was a time before the iPod. There was a time before the iPhone. There was a time before the iPad. There was a time before laptops. There was a time before everything. Right. And a company came around, and they made something, and people were like, I don't need that. I don't need that. And then they saw it, and they were like, shit, I need that. I want that. And it's the reason that Apple gets kind of this reputation as a company that they develop things that people don't think they want until Apple makes them. And then Apple makes it and people are like, oh, yeah, no, I want that. I'm not saying that there's not a place for somebody to come along and develop something that I'm like, oh, yeah, I want that. But the Epic Games Store has been around for a few months and I don't want it. Take it away. Take it out back. Shoot it. (laughs) I don't want it. Get rid of it. Start over. Try again. You failed. You've created bad will. And then last week, or two weeks ago, we talked on this podcast about how Epic Games had come out and said that eventually they will stop paying for exclusives. In less than two weeks, they reversed that whole position. Oh, yeah. You should have known that was fake. From the I knew. It, I. I mean, I wanted to believe them that they would eventually stop. That it was just a way to get their store off the ground. In hindsight, I shouldn't have been so gung ho, you know, gung ho, and open to them being a better uh, a better platform. But they won't. They're not going to stop, and they're going to keep doing this. And unfortunately, as games become increasingly commercialized. These companies, they're, they're not going to care. They're, I mean, they're in it for the most money. And they're going to do what companies that want the most money do. Whatever and so they they're want. going to keep going for it. And you're going to see more and more games do this. And that's why when it comes to Borderlands 3 and it comes to what you know Randy Pitchford said about Steam and about the Epic Games Store and defending it and you know all these things, it makes me wonder if in seven months... If I don't succumb to hype and buy Borderlands 3 at launch on the Epic Game Store, which I'm hoping that I, I will have the fortitude to not do, um, if in seven months do I still buy it when it comes out on Steam? Do I support indirectly the process by which this game was launched? You know, and for a game that I'm so excited about, a game that I want to play so badly, you know, to have to, you know, 
potentially give it up and not play it for a, a statement against a platform trying to shoehorn its way into the into the PC space through these non-competitive practices. It just sucks. Yeah, I agree. It sucks. Um, unfriggin' believable. Um, hopefully, though, something that won't suck. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, man. <laughs> which got officially announced, tra- t- uh, trailer and everything. It's coming out November. It is a single-player game with no multi-transaction, uh, microtransactions, rather. Uh, it's combat-focused, um, kind of like a Souls-esque game. It's a lot about parrying and blocking and timing uh, with Force abilities and the lightsaber. Nothing it like is... the previous Star Wars games where, as I told Tyler, the the fight seems linear. Like It seems you're limited to your choices, whereas this one is very... How do I put it? Very in depth on what you yes. do. I am um, cautiously optimistic Same about here. this. I am uh, very excited about a single player Star Wars game. There hasn't been one uh, in a long time since uh, The Force Unleashed 2, I think, was the last time we had a single player um, Star Wars game that released. I was a really, really big, like, fan of what I saw of the now cancelled Star Wars 1313 game um, so I'm really excited about this it's from Respawn um, a secondary team so not the team that's working on Apex but it's a secondary team um, I'm excited Oh yeah. I really 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 want to see more of this game I am a little concerned that we didn't see more there was no gameplay there was no um, detailed gameplay analysis. There was no demo. Uh, nothing as far as actual gameplay that we could see. It was just a, a trailer. True. Um, my hope is that at EA Play in June, we'll see a bit more. Um, since EA kind of clarified what they're doing at E3. is They're not having a traditional press conference, but they are going to have a lot of different smaller uh, games-focused streams. Um, so hopefully we'll see one about this game. We'll get some more information. I'm really excited about a Star Wars game, but I'm cautious, cautiously optimistic because it is EA. And EA did just shit out the last fantastic <laughs> Iron Man game um, in, in Anthem. So, I mean, I, I don't want to give... I want to give EA enough rope to hang themselves with, but I also at the same time don't want them to hang themselves. <laughs> I want them to make a good game. Um, EA, I so, love you, but fuck you very much. Yes, I- exactly. I mean, I I remember when, like, I was younger. When some of my favorite games, uh, the Sims, Sim City, uh, the Harry Potter games on console, um, you know, these were all EA games. And I don't know what happened in the last ten, fifteen years. But nowadays, when I see the EA logo stamped on the box, I'm like, do I really want to play that game? Like, do I really want to? And uh, it's unfortunate, because they own a lot of great IPs. They've owned and uh, murdered and thrown in trash bags and melted and 
all sorts of other unholy, uncruel, or really cruel, inhumane things to developers that they've purchased. Um, Oof. I guess it's just at the end of the day, I just don't like EA anymore. <laughs> and I want I want them to make a good game, but I don't trust them to. So hopefully Jedi Fallen Order is great. Um, I know I'm excited for it. Cautiously excited. Hell is yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit last time about Apple's new Apple Arcade service. There wasn't a lot of information. There still isn't in terms of games, uh, in terms of when it's going to launch and how much. Um, but we do now have an estimated amount in terms of how much money, uh, Apple is willing to throw behind this service in terms of development assistance. Uh, and that is half a billion dollars, 500 million bucks. Um, That's which a for mobile lot games, of, a lot of change. Yeah, for mobile games, that's a lot of money. Goes to show, um, you know, they're actually trying to invest on actual games. But yeah, but isn't there something else that you told me earlier that Apple's hinting uh, at? Oh yeah, so a lot of the promotional material for the Apple Arcade service has been focused on the Apple TV. Um, followed by the Mac and then iOS mm. and the you know the iPhone and the iPad. So I think there's I, I don't think Apple's trying to sh- kind of like subtly enter the console space, but I definitely think that they're trying to come up with a better sell for the Apple TV, especially as they expand with Apple TV Plus and the Apple TV app to non-Apple TV devices. There's less of a reason. Um, to uh, you know, go out and buy an Apple TV, and I think Apple's pushing for, hey, let's get people to go out and buy an Apple TV by creating a game subscription service that's going to bring console quality titles to the platform, and at the same time, let's bolster the Mac as a gaming platform by bringing these games over to the Mac, and let's continue to assert the dominance that iOS, the the iPhone, and the iPad have in mobile gaming by making sure these games are available there and making sure that your progress is synced across all of these devices. And, I mean, I'm excited about it. Like, I hate mobile games. Like, I don't... I mean, I say that very... It's very strong language, but I don't like... Well, the state of mobile gaming. I like some games that are on mobile game that are on mobile. It's just it's the fact of having to sit there and hold your hands cramped around a device playing the game, or yeah. having to stop playing it so it can charge, or having to leave your phone on the charger while you're using it at the same time destroying your battery. Yeah, and and you don't have physical controls without having to in, you know get a controller. Um, you know, and plug it in or, or go over Bluetooth or whatever. And, and if you're going to have a controller anyway, I mean, you, you're you're going to need it for a console experience. So it, it always came down to me that, you know, mobile gaming made... I was a huge mobile gamer when games first came out for the iPhone and the iPod Touch. Huge. I was playing right. all sorts of shit. So was I. I was playing Order and Chaos Online. I was playing CSR Racing yeah. 2. I mean, I was actually having fun. But something online games favor it just became it be, it became 
pay to win. So pay to win and so much like if you want to play our game, like you can play for free for 15 minutes. Or you can then... play for free and we'll load a shit ton of fucking ads. You, yeah. we'll, we'll show you an ad when you die. We'll show you an ad when you beat the level. We'll show you an ad when you start exactly. the level. I mean, it's like, what the fuck? And then exactly. every game is pay. You gotta pay mm-hmm. to even get anywhere in the fucking game. Or hey, no ads, two ninety nine. Yeah, and, and that to me is really like people on phones are so against spending money on apps and on games. You, people just don't want to spend their money on that stuff. But what's strange to me is that someone will say, I'm not going to spend $10, $15 on a game on a phone, but then will spend hundreds of dollars on a game that they downloaded for free. Yeah. And not blink an eye. And it comes down to and... the fact of the matter is you can download that game for free and you can play it for 10, 15, 20 minutes. And that's enough for the game's psychological hooks to get buried deep within the pleasure centers of your brain and get you hooked on that dopamine. And then all of a sudden, you're spending hundreds of dollars to get your fix. And when you say it that way, what does it sound like? It sounds like drugs. Yeah, yeah, You're talking about drugs. And the way that mobile games are developed, like mobile game companies are hiring psychologists to make their games more addictive because that's how they make games, have their games make more money and compete better in a marketplace where every game is free. And so I want to see premium mobile games. I want to be able to know that when I go on vacation, I don't need to spend time trying to figure out how to stream games from home from my computer or my PlayStation. I don't have to worry about lugging my PlayStation with me. I don't need to buy a gaming laptop to take with me on vacation so that I can play games. I would love to be able to know that my iPad and my iPhone are enough to play really high-quality games everywhere that I am. But I can't right now. And there's some great free-to-play games. Don't get me wrong. I think that even some games that have predatory microtransactions have gameplay loops that themselves are fine, that themselves are fun, and that you don't necessarily have to worry about the underlying, this is how we're going to make all of our money. But the reality is, is that that's just a handful of games in 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 a marketplace of thousands of games all vying for the same amount of attention. And if Apple can come in and say, okay, we're going to charge you $10 a month, but we're going to provide you 100 games or more that we've put money into, that we've ensured that they're developed, and we've made sure that these developers have been able to realize their creative ambitions. And not only that, but you're going to get access to every single one of them. They don't require an internet connection to play them. You can download them and play them regardless of whether you're connected to the cell network or Wi-Fi. And your progress is going to sh- is going to sync across all of these different devices. And these games are not going to have ads, and they're not going to have microtransactions, and they're not going to nickel and dime you. And they're going to be designed to be just as addictive as games used to be. Which is they're going to be addictive on the gameplay level. They're going to be addictive what on the story level. What I'm looking forward to is... Because uh, I will get something so I can enjoy these games. Is On mobile games, you see a lot of copy and paste. Yeah. 
Like every it's the same gameplay mechanic. Game is the same thing. And what do I'm this, hoping wait, is this, with do this again with Apple investing half. I mean half a billion dollars. I'm just, yeah, five hundred. Yeah, half a billion dollars into them developing these games. We are guaranteed to see a variety of different styles. Yeah. A variety of different styles, a variety of different gameplay uh, experiences, and a ver- and and it's it's like the the biggest indie game market that you're going to see. You're going to have all of these huge indie games and I mean there's a rumor and it's just a rumor and I'm honestly going to tell you right now I doubt that it's true but if it is true it's a huge huge deal but there's some rumors floating around that that Mario Kart might be exclusively available through this service and that would be not only a huge get for for Apple in this service but that would be huge because I've been playing Nintendo's mobile games I've been playing Pokemon Quest and Fire Emblem Warriors and uh, you know uh, uh, Animal Crossing and, and Pokemon <laughs> Go and all these things. I've had a like a real brain brain break. Uh, blank. Wow, I can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> I had a brain blank one, there. You? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, apparently I'm fucking drunk off my rocker. Apparently, no. Um, but no, I had a, I had a, a little bit of a brain uh, fart blank, yeah, and it's, alliteration sometimes messes with you. <laughs> <laughs> you try to sound smart, alliterating, using the same letters, but then you just end up tripping over your words like a bumbling uh, fool. But um, that would be a huge get. But I played all of these um, these Nintendo games, and they're all really really fun. But they all have something in common, which is that they are all riddled with microtransactions. And while they're not as predatory and they're not as over the top as some other games, um, they still exist. And I would love to see what Nintendo could do um, when they go out and create a premium experience like they did with Super Mario Run. And, you know, I love Super Mario Run. It's a fantastic. I paid for it. I bought all the levels. I paid for it because it wasn't a microtransaction fest. It was a premium game. And it didn't sell well. It didn't sell well. And so I would love to see what Nintendo could do with a service like this where they could release a full-fat Mario Kart experience that isn't riddled with microtransactions, isn't riddled with wait timers, isn't riddled with all this other stuff that's designed to extract the maximum amount of money or the maximum amount of time out of you as the player, but is instead just there to create really great games. And, you know, I'm excited to be able to play games that aren't garbage. Right. At the end of the day, like just not garbage. That's not to say free to play games aren't are all garbage. You know, Fortnite, PUBG on mobile. Um, you know, these are great games. Pokemon Go is a great game. You know, all of Nintendo's games that are free are great. Yes. Uh, you know, so it's it's not that you can't have free to play games that are great. It's just that a lot of them aren't, or they're you know, um, microtransaction infested to the point that you don't play the game for stretches at a time because you're too worried about how much, you know, about waiting for your next thing to unlock, like the Elder Scrolls Blades. 
Yeah. Um, which is a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. Uh, I played it. I liked it for the first little while, and I just I haven't touched it. I played it for a little bit when I was finally able to play it, and I uninstalled it. It just wasn't fun. It doesn't. It didn't yeah. interest me. It didn't intrigue me. I just I was fed up with it. Yep. It, it's it's really unfortunate. Um, but hopefully, Apple's investment will result in a huge uptick in quality. Um, in mobile games, and and I and I do hope that the way Apple's developing the service, I know that there's going to be exclusives, and I know that there's going to be games that are only available in the subscription. But I am curious, like, is there a limit? Like, will games eventually be able? Will, will games on the service be exclusive to iOS in that you can subscribe and get them, or you can pay for them and get them, so you don't have to subscribe to play all of the games? Or are they going to be exclusive to the subscription service? Uh, and then on top of that, you know you, you know, you don't have an iOS device. You know, you said you're going to get one because some of these games look really, really interesting. And I know that that's what Apple wants. But is there a point at which this game has been on the service for a year and the game will continue to be a part of the subscription, but you can also get it on Android, you know, or is it going to be limited exclusively? Like, there's still a lot of questions about the service that haven't been answered. But from, you know... Early early uh, indications to me are that this is going to be pretty big, and it, it and it, as I said last week, it was probably the most interesting service that Apple announced outside of the credit card, um, you know, late last month. The news service I have subscribed to the news service. I'm enjoying the news service. I love it. Um, being able to get access to New Yorker articles and. National Geographic see, articles. See, you're younger than me, but you're older than me because I don't give a <laughs> fuck about news. Well, it's for me. It's I just like to stay informed about what's going on in the world. And that's what and I have you for. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, there's some of us that are just more interested. I mean, think of I went to the bar and had a four hour argument about politics. Like that's just kind of the person I am. That would drive um, me nuts. Like, I mean, talking about I mean, don't get me what wrong. the future of this country should be. I would be interested in listening to what all you had to say, you and your friends, yeah. and I don't know, but I just wouldn't have any two cents. I wouldn't. Yeah. So I had to stop one Three of beers my, in, uh, <laughs> and I get started going on policy. One of, my, one of my streamers today, I had to stop him from getting too far into politics with his uh, viewers because, you know, he's, you don't do that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a... <laughs> I I want I don't I mean I personally outside of this podcast I love politics I find it very interesting I find the conversation around it to be interesting I think that it's very polarized but I think that when you get down to the personal level there there's some there's some people that have kind of subscribed to that I don't want to hear the the opposing viewpoint but the majority of the people that I've talked to are willing to hear my position if they don't agree with me right and so but in this context, like I'm never going to get into a political discussion on this podcast because it, it has no place in it, at least not in the sense that currently all of the stuff we've talked about, there's not been a, poli- a political place. That's not to say that there may come a time where there's a game store like we could have gotten into the whole workers conditions and unionization and stuff like that. I chose not to. Right. Uh, at this point, but there's I, I think that there will come an episode later where we will have to talk about it 
because it will be such an important topic of discussion and there will probably be a small political discussion that arises from that so i'm not going to rule it out but it's definitely not my intention to ever inject politics into this podcast for sure (laughs) um that's not to say it might not occasionally pop up here and there but right um but no, so back to games. Yeah. <laughs> Before this goes too far off the rails. Um, but no, like, you know, as I was saying, like, it was probably the most interesting of the Apple services, and it's probably the one we know the least about um, going into the fall when they're all supposed to launch. Um, and finally, we're going to end with the most mundane... Are you fucking kidding me? It took this long, but thank God, finally, it's available. News story of the week. PlayStation Network name changes have finally gone live. Um, This is a big deal. Um, So for the longest time, you haven't been able to change your PlayStation Network ID. Um, Now you will be able to do that. Um, The feature launched in beta back in October. Um, but now everyone can be able to do it as of uh, April 10th, so just a few days ago. Um, you can now change it. Uh, it is free for the first name change, and it's free to roll back to old usernames. Your old usernames will still belong to you. So if you change your name and then you change it again, those old names will still belong to you. Um, so I can imagine some people with deep pockets might go in change their name a couple times and so that way they own all these different names um but you will be able to roll back for free and your first name changes for free after that like microsoft like blizzard like a lot of these other services um where your name is deeply integrated into the way the service works it'll cost 9.99 um to change your name but if you're a playstation plus subscriber it'll just cost 4.99 there's a lot of ways to Uh, deal with adjustment you'll be able to display your old name next to your new name for 30 days so your friends know who you are Um, but sony has said that because of the way the playstation network was developed there might be some hitches with Uh the new names so any game released on or after april 1st of 2018 will be fine um, those games were all designed with new tools that allow users name uh, for a user's name to change at the system level. Um, and the, a large majority of the most actively played games will work just fine, although Sony is saying that some games may have issues. Um, and the issues range in severity from your old name popping up instead of your new name to more extreme issues like your save data being uh, lost or your uh, paid DLC access no longer being available. So there are some potential issues, uh, but it is something that has been demanded among PlayStation gamers for several years. It is finally available. Um, I don't know if I'll be taking advantage of it. I mean, it is free for me to change my name, and I probably will because my name is so dumb. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know if it'll be worth the risk in some of the games that it's breaking. So, the, But Sony has provided a list of games that experience no issues, as well as games with issues, as well as games with critical issues. So they have provided a list um, of every game on the platform and how it is affected by this change. So if you are curious 
about whether or not your game is going to have problems, you can go to the PlayStation uh, website and you can see that. Which, that's a huge benefit that they're providing that list um, of games that are not going to have a problem with, and games that are going to have a problem with the new name change. Now, PlayStation, I'm going to give you your opportunity. This is something that Xbox gamers have been able to do for 10, 15 years. Would you like to say anything? Would you like to rub it in our faces (laughs) that it took until April of 2019 for us to be able to change our, our display names or... You just gonna? You're not gonna say anything? Oh, I thought you were talking about Sony. I didn't know you were talking to me. Yeah, I was talking to you. I, I was giving you the opportunity to say, you know, this is something that Xbox has been able to do for 15 years. I'm giving you the opportunity. <laughs> me and Matt always shit on the Xbox. I'm giving you your opportunity to shit on the PlayStation for once. <laughs> I can't really shit on PlayStation because PlayStation is really the first console I got into. I loved PlayStation from 1 to 2, and instead of getting 3 for $300, I got the Xbox 360 for $200. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've always loved PlayStation. I've always been a fan of PlayStation. Haven't they made the best decision always? No. Of course not. But who does? And this generation, you happen to j- jump on the, the PlayStation 3 clusterfuck of the last gen. <laughs> so, congratulations. You have dodged one bullet only to get hit by another. Um, well, I mean, I... Meanwhile, me, I, I didn't dodge the bullet last generation, but I don't think it was much of a bullet in the long term. More, of a, more of a graze. Yeah, more of a graze. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I enjoy my Xbox. I My Xbox One X, I, I love it. And, and I actually have... A, the slim PlayStation 2 that I can always go back to for my retro games. Yeah. And it's sad to say that PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 is considered retro. <laughs> yeah, no. But, I mean, to be fair, like, I mean, we are talking about 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, Which... it is retro, whether we want to admit it or not. Like and that's coming from me as a 26 year old. Like me saying something 26, 20 years ago is retro. That for me is not that long ago. Bef- you know, like I'm only four years older. Yeah, I know it's crazy. I still think that Jurassic Park came out 20 years ago. Oh no, man. it's been 26 <laughs> years. And like the Fifth Element, that's such a good movie. But oh my god, is it old? Mm-hmm. Yeah, The Matrix. Oh, that was 20 years ago. Still a good movie. Keanu Reeves. Still, still... 1999 feels like 10 years ago for me. And every time somebody reminds me that 1999 was 20 years ago, I a, a little piece of me dies. <laughs> oh, man. But, I mean, it's... Uh, but, yeah, no. So, I mean, I'm a fan of both Xbox and PlayStation. I, I like them both. I am a fan of PlayStation. Yeah. And Xbox in smaller doses. Um... I think but, the only reason you tolerate Xbox is because of Microsoft. I No, I tolerate... I like the Xbox. I think the Xbox has done a lot of really good things for the industry, particularly in terms of online gaming. Um, I don't think online gaming would be where it is today without 
the Xbox um, and Xbox Live. Um, I also think that you know if it weren't for Microsoft pushing for you know the Halo franchise to be what it is, I don't think first-person shooters on consoles would be what they are today um, without Halo. Speaking of that, I got bashed in my Discord for admitting that I've never played Gears of War. You have never played <laughs> Gears of War? No. Dude, you're about to get bashed again. <laughs> I've never played Gears of War, and my streamer just came out and said, Fate, I'm upset with you. That was the... I'm upset that, with you. That was the pinnacle of games before Halo. I feel like between episodes... Well, it wasn't before Halo. Gears of War is after. Um, Gears of War is after <laughs> Halo. Gears of War was an Xbox 360 game. But I just... Um, I. But I feel like between episodes, I'm going to make a list of some of the classic <laughs> console games. And I'm just going to check off. Because we found out you haven't played Borderlands 2. Before I know it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... You haven't played Dishonored or... Or, you know, all of these other really great games, like Fallout 3. I know, I know. You have played Fallout 3, right? Yes, I, I love Fallout okay, you've 3. you've played Dishonored, I right? 3. No, I've never played Dishonored. <gasps> oh my god. See, that's the thing. Before this podcast, this this kind of discovery would never have happened. But now we are discovering on a weekly basis that there is a large number of classic video games that you, sir, have not played, and it is disgusting. <laughs> well, it's because I stick to a certain genre. Like I love. There is somebody listening to this podcast who is like, "How the fuck did this guy end up on this podcast with that lack of back, you know, back catalog completion?" Uh... Well, I mean, I may not have the insight of certain classic games that y'all do, but I carry certain insight for other types of games that y'all don't care for. Yes, I am not a big fan of of anime titty games. I don't play anime titty games. Are you kidding me? Well, you know, somebody might, and we might want to get them on this podcast for an outside perspective. Don't call Matt out like that. Honestly, I don't know if he plays anime titty games. I... <laughs> Matt's going to listen to this. He's going to be like, the fuck, guys? Oh, I'm boy. just going to say, for his own sake, that he doesn't play anime titty games. And if he does play anime titty games, he plays them for the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays them and for not the plot. for the artwork. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Matt, <laughs> next time you're on the podcast, you can debate with us the merits of playing anime titty games. If you do, <laughs> like what? What's, what's one of those games? Uh, Bikini Samurais or something like that? Yeah, there's like, biki- there, there's, Yeah, like, what the fuck? You know, fuck me, daddy simulator. That's basically. Oh, hold up! What? Uh, what they all are. <laughs> Or the Japanese and then, romance like, games, like Catherine yeah, or there, something. There's one game where you just you you you're like you fall in love with pigeons. That it's such a strange genre of games. I don't quite understand the appeal. I I mean I get that some people like their anime titty games. I don't like my anime titty games. If you were out there and you like anime titty games, all the respect to you. But oh yeah, no, I want emails. Yes, 
explaining (laughs) what it is about anime titty games that you like. And I want perspective. I want to know what it is about anime titty games that is so appealing besides the anime titties. Yeah. Because the anime titties are partly appealing. Mm. But I don't think if I could I don't think I could play a whole game about anime titties. No. No. And I'm one of those people yeah. that if I play a role play game, like an RPG, no matter what kind of game it is, I have to play a female character because if I'm going to be playing putting 60 to 70 hours into a game, I personally don't want to be staring at a dude's ass the whole time that's just because that's just because you afraid you're gay that's all (laughs) (laughs) can't stare at a man's ass for 40 hours because oh my god i might be gay no No, that is not it's it is a virtual always played a female character always i've always played a female character don't know why i just play whatever looks cool if it looks cool, and they give, I don't care. Mo- most of the time, they give female characters the better-looking fucking outfits. I mean, better-looking in terms of less practical and less fabric, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I mean. Like, here is my level 60 male paladin. He's wearing steel from head to toe, three inches thick, and you can't see his skin. Over here, this is my level 60 female paladin. She's also wearing steel, but it is lace. It is see-through, <laughs> and there's a lot of open skin. You can't hit this man with a sword, but you can tickle this woman with a feather. <laughs> like, <laughs> And the woman has more defense. Yes, and the woman has a higher defense rating, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> This is the problem with the fact that the game industry is so male-dominated. Dead or alive wanting to have it both ways with their most recent installment. Like, we want to be taken as a serious fighter game, and then all the DLC is, look at these titties! Them titties! (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, oh god. Dude, can you imagine Uh, if they came out with a game kind of like Cars Against Humanity? Of what? On console. Or PC. Oh, God. I mean, you can play Cards Against Humanity in the web browser if you really want to. No, no, no. I'm talking about, um, like, a fully interactive with random strangers. Oh. Well, I mean, as they say, <laughs> a Ferris wheel barreling towards the ocean is just a windmill full of corpses. So, I mean... What? That is a card combination in you. It's a card combination in Cards Against Humanity. It's one that I've seen several times, um, and I love it. That a that, you know, at the end of the day, a Ferris wheel barreling towards the ocean is just a windmill full, a windmill of, corpses. full of corpses. Yeah. Oh, that is crazy. It's it's beautiful. It's 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 poetic, really. But with um, that being said, imagine if you will a game like that that is fully interactive with random people. Like you never play with the same person twice. You always play with different people, so you always get a different outlook and a different aspect of the game. I think what you're asking for is for people to get off of their consoles and go out into the real world buy Cards Against Humanity and talk to real people for once. Hey, there you go. You just go to a bar. 
any bar and set up a random table with the cards against humanity, everyone invited. Yeah, it's it's the original virtual reality game. Like and if you're listening and, and you have a hard virtual. time making friends, if you're in college or wherever, buy cards against humanity, meet random people and play with them. And guess what? You won't make any friends. <laughs> Yeah, you will. No, you won't. So <laughs> because you will, they'll find out. Everybody at that table is a stranger, and you will all secretly judge each other. Because I have played Cards Against Humanity with actual friends, and I can tell you for a fact that while we all enjoy it, we are all secretly judging each other while we're playing that game. No, no, we all know you're driving the bus to hell. That's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I have I have stapled my hands to the steering wheel. I, I I am close second. I don't know. I feel like you're more sitting at the back of the bus, like what? cheering everybody on, pushing. Like you push boundaries. You push boundaries, but you don't usually win. No, no, that's true. That's true. That's you know, true. I get, I get then, crap cards all the time, man. Blame it on the cards. I am it's all about it on playing the cards. to the cards are. It's all about playing to the cards are. It's not always about playing the most outrageous card. Sometimes it's about playing the most mundane card because the person who's drawing is a fucking dunce who's boring <laughs> as shit and doesn't know what a funny card is. Speaking of windmills full of corpses, let's get into the rumor mill, which is a full on a churn in this week with a whopping one story. <laughs> Although, to be fair, it's a decent story. Now, Okay, I got we won't start. name names, but I know Donald, your quote-unquote source, um, is saying that this is not something to put your your chips in on. No, she, but um... the rumor is that Microsoft is going to combine Game Pass and Xbox Live's monthly subscriptions together into a single $15 a month subscription. Um, now... For perspective, if you pay month to month for both of these services, it's uh, $10 a month. That's $240 a year. If you buy them yearly, it's $160 a year. Um, If you pay for Xbox Live yearly and Game Pass monthly, which is how I would imagine the majority of Xbox Live subscribers who also pay for Game Pass pay for them, uh, it's $180 a year, which is exactly the same amount as what this would work out to um, is $180 a year. Only difference is it comes out of one transaction instead of two different transactions. And instead of making sure you have both, you got both with just this one. Yeah, this to me feels more of a targeted subscription to people who pay for both month to month than it does for people who buy yearly. Because obviously if you're buying yearly, you're saving money already. And if you buy... I personally would rather just buy them both at the same time, Xbox and Game Pass as one. Yeah, I I mean, personally, I'm more of a, a month, like Amazon Prime is a great example. You can pay 120 or $130 a year. I forget exactly how much it is now. Um, for Amazon Prime, or you can pay, I think it's $14 a month. And even though it's more expensive to pay month to month, I pay month to month. Because it's easier to come up with $15 in one month than it is to come up with $120 in one month um, when, the, when the subscription renews. 
Um, and I think that this is a great option for people who, you know, are currently paying for both Game Pass and Xbox Live month to month because $160 is a little bit much in one month, but $20 there is more reasonable. This is, I think, targeted more at those people than it is at people who are already paying for Xbox Live yearly and Game Pass yearly um, or are paying for Xbox Live $60 a year and and subscribing to Game Pass every single month. So um, it makes sense, though. And before we get into... um, into the kind of advising against thinking that this is possibly going to happen, we have to remember that while Microsoft has not come out and said that there will be a diskless, all-digital Xbox One S coming out this month or next month, all of the rumors point to that is the case, and your source, who we won't name... um, (laughs) Although anyone who's listened to this podcast, all five episodes, probably can figure it out. Uh, probably. <laughs> um, your source has said that it's this is not this is this is happening. The the digital is, all digital Xbox One. Yeah, the all digital um, is happening. It is set to launch um, in a few months, actually. A couple. But couple the rumor months. is May. Yeah, a couple. So months, the actually. rumor is it'll be announced this month and launched next month. This is a rumor that your source is saying she's not a 100% it's, sure. Yeah, it's nothing but a rumor. Like Microsoft yeah. employees have not heard anything about this from the company itself. Yeah. However, as I said, this makes a lot of sense. Like if you are a subscriber, if you buy an all digital Xbox 1, um paying $15 a month for that for uh, it's not going to have a disk drive, so you're going to have to be able to. You're going to have to heavily rely on downloadable games. It makes sense to have a subscription service that's going to get you multiplayer. It's going to get you games with gold, and it's going to get you the full access to the Game Pass library, all for one monthly fee. It makes sense to launch this alongside that, um, for sure. Yeah, I see where you're going with it. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, my thing is, is that this is a Twitter user. Is where this came from. Yeah. Um, however, this has been reported around by a lot of places. And the wording of this from a lot of places has come into, for me, a lot of these outlets weren't careful. They didn't say Microsoft rumored to combine. Microsoft thinking about combining these have all been very and the articles themselves have all been very much Microsoft is planning to do this Microsoft is doing this they just haven't announced it yet and so I'm leaning towards this from the fact that it makes business sense and it makes like advertising sense like hey you want to be an xbox live gold subscriber and you want to get a game pass well now there's an easier way to do it um i mean it just it makes sense to me and i think i i feel like it's definitely likely to happen but as is always with the rumor mill it's not a guarantee not a guarantee at all um but is there a reason other than just that 
nobody really knows about this that they're saying that it's not true or is it just kind of we don't really know if this is true or not it's just you know it's uh normally when events like this when i'll run said rumor by my person she'll slide away from it or try and shivy away to where you'll think okay okay it's not that big of a deal but she flat out told me that uh I wouldn't waste too much time on this because even yeah. they have not heard anything about it. Yeah. Well, we chose to waste time on it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but that brings this really just content dry episode of the ABXY cast um, to a wrap. That is all the stories to talk about. This week and last week. Yeah, but with Just that being said, it was dry spell. We may have been dry, but we had fun. We did, and um, I do want to hear feedback from people. We have been struggling to get feedback. We got some shy listeners. Um, I want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear your feedback. I want to not only do I want to hear your feedback, but I want to get questions not and, and again as i said last week they don't have to be gaming related they don't have to even be entertainment related if you need if you want to ask us hey what kind of pizza do you like i'm all for that pepperoni by the way followed by three meat um but <laughs> if you want to ask us those kind of questions you can um so we're not just going to be like, it has to be gaming related or we're not going to talk about it. No, I mean, it can be anything. Um, as long as it's not uh, going out and spewing racist stuff um, or just mean stuff in general. Right. That, I draw the line there. <laughs> um, so don't try to troll us because we, we record this. This isn't live. <laughs> um but I do want to hear uh, comments, and I want to hear feedback. And I'm really interested, especially this week. We're down a host. Um, it's been two weeks since our last episode because of a dry spell in terms of news. The dry spell continued, and we, we padded the start of this podcast talking about movies. I really want to hear what people think about what we should do in the event that we have a, 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 a dry spell like this. You know, what are some ways that we could improve or or do some more interesting stuff right uh in the hour and a half to two and a half hours that we we take up every week of your time and but if you do want to leave us feedback if you do want to uh send us an email and and ask us a question you can do that our email is podcast at abxycast.com or you can tweet at us or dm us on twitter at abxycast um, also, don't forget to subscribe and uh, leave us a like on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we always appreciate that. Um, we see that, that we are getting listened to. We have a dedicated audience. Um, yeah. Our, our number of listens. Yeah, our number of listens every episode. It is a fixed amount. We, you know, we are seeing that you guys are coming back and listening, and so we know you're there. So just let us know you're there <laughs> and ask us some questions so we can we can answer them and interface with you guys and uh, and, and really build that community that we want to build. 
Um, but with that, we're, we're going to wrap this sucker up because my voice hurts <laughs> again. Uh, another week, another much. Uh, and really, this is another thing. I want this put in writing. Please email ABX, podcast at abxycast.com. Dear ABXYCast, Tyler talks too much. Matt and Donald need to talk more. Signed, listener. So that I can sit back and be like, I told you so, and my voice will stop hurting. (laughs) But, um, Donald, where can people find you on the interwebs? Um, Um, Are you going to finally unveil to the public your newly launched Pornhub profile? (laughs) Um, No. You can find me on Mixer. I stream on Mixer quite often at Prison Fate. You can find me on Twitter at Prison Fate. <laughs> I know. And you can find him on Pornhub at Prison Fate. No, you cannot find me on Pornhub. Are we sure about that? I am 100% positive. If I go to Pornhub I, I, right now. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And go I ahead, look go ahead, go ahead, for users, ahead, Prison Fate. Yeah, you won't find me. Pornhub. Man, what if I you, do? Then I will you shoot myself. freak out. <laughs> Kidding, kidding, will not. I will never be on Pornhub. I will die. You know who would kill me if I'm on there? So, I will say this. Um, there are no members on Pornhub for Prison Fate. Uh, if you look up Prison Fate for videos, <laughs> however, um, it corrects itself to Prisoner Fate, and the first thing Ooh. is Witcher 3 porn. So, we're just going to what? leave it what? at that. Yeah, Witcher 3 porn. You sound so proud of that. I mean, I'm not proud of it. I literally closed the window and backed out. I don't know. I hear something still going on in the background. No. Are you sure? Yep. I'm pretty sure I hear something. I'm looking at my audacity. (laughs) It's a flat line. There is no sound. If you hear anything, it's your own self. No, I can take a Um, screenshot of my screen. There ain't nothing on here. So yeah, you can find Donald on Pornhub uh, as Prison Fate. He's he's gonna start his own line of porn videos, oh, and boy. when he does, we'll make sure to advertise them on this <laughs> podcast. We'll earn that explicit rating because my foul mouth doesn't earn it on its own. We gotta we gotta really push for that explicit rating. Oh, um, you can find me on the internet, of course, everywhere. Um, uh, I'm on Twitch, uh, the Sweeney, and I'm on. Uh, Twitter, Sweeney Tyler. Tyler spelled funny, T-Y-L-O-R, because my family doesn't know how to spell, and that's okay. Um, but you can find me. I'm always on there. Um, again, I just sit on Twitter, and I wait for somebody to, to say, hey, I have a question, so that I can put it in a doc and be like, all right, cool, we got a question. I live a sad and miserable, lonely existence. <laughs> and this podcast is the only thing keeping me from ending it all, as they say. Um, but <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. Because <laughs> I know this will be the one episode my mom listens to, and she'll be like, Oh, shit. What was that about you wanting to end it all? <laughs> I was joking. You don't joke about that. I was that. joking, Mom. I was joking. Um, but no, seriously. <laughs> Oh uh, my but God. with that, we're we, we going to wrap this up. Uh, if there is nothing else you want to add, Donald, I know I am I am just cracked out as far as the voice <laughs> is concerned. Um, I don't really have anything else to add right now. Uh, I'm 
sucks Matt wasn't able to join us, but I'm thankful for you guys for listening to us eh. and being steady listeners, as he likes to say, and it's rather nice to have. Yeah, we're going steady now. This is this is cool. And um, this is... I think uh, Easter break's right around the corner, so we'll probably be taking another week break and doing another episode the following week, correct? Yes, and um, that following week, of course, is Endgame. So this this podcast will turn into an hour and a half to two and a half hour long Endgame deep dive. Um, so make sure that you have list you have you go and see Endgame um, before the next episode. However, I will say that I will be formatting the next episode a little bit differently. So we will get all of the non Endgame stuff out the way. And then we will jump into the end game discussion, so you'll still be able to listen to the podcast and enjoy it without having to worry about being spoiled. And then we'll give you a fair warning before we jump into that, because I'm I'm excited for this movie. I'm ready to talk about it, and it's going to be fun. Oh um, yeah! But we are going to take next week off for Easter, so um, you know, don't don't expect a new episode next week. <laughs> And uh, I, I don't – I kind of like taking these uh, every other weeks off. I mean I know we were at the gate. We were doing every week and then we missed a week because of technical issues. Um, but I feel like we get more time with the content. We get more time to prepare. There's a little bit more variety in what we talk about. We're not trying to shoehorn stuff in that we don't really want to talk about in order to pad out the length. Um, we're talking about stuff that we really want to talk about. Um, this week's just been, these past two weeks have been exceptionally dry. A lot of, you know, spring break in a lot of parts of the country. We're getting close to Easter. So I I think we'll pick up as we get into the summer drought of game releases, but we should get into a bit more news because we'll be coming into E3 and then into the next gen console rumors. So, but I, I do think that. I'd love to hear from you guys. We're seriously considering, at least for the short term, jumping to an every other week um, recording schedule. But I would love to hear from our listeners. You know, do they want that? Do you guys want to hear our precious uh, horse voices every week? Uh, or let me rephrase that. Do you want to listen yeah. to Donald and Matt's precious voices every week and my horse's fuck voice every week? <laughs> uh, <laughs> or do you, or would you prefer us to have a little bit more time to, to build this up and, and go every other week? Um, but regardless, there won't be an episode next week because I got some Easter eggs to go hunt and some diabetes to catch. That's an interesting way of and, putting that. Hey, it's America. The fact that I don't have it yet is... Surprising, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we'll be back uh, the week of Endgame, where we will just gush about. Hopefully, maybe we'll all hate it, and we'll be angry, and it'll be a two and a half hour rage fest. Who knows? Because it's not out yet. But we'll be talking about Endgame and whatever gaming news happens over the next two weeks. Um, but I feel like I've ended this podcast about three times. So this is going to be the actual end. All right, all right, all right. Um, I'll let myself out. It's, it's, it's like the end of The Last Jedi where you think it's going to end and then it keeps going. Right? And then you think it's going right. to end and it keeps going. This is the podcast equivalent of that. All right, so um, with which... that being said, I'm Prison Fate. It was wonderful. Y'all have a good night. It's always wonderful. And as always, as always, good luck. Have fun.
and stop.